first of all, I don't really love people getting tons of carbs in the morning. That's going to really bog down your body. So you want to make a ton of, you want to increase your cortisol production. If you eat lots of sugar, or lots of grains, guess what? That's going to make your cortisol decrease because your body, when it has a lower blood sugar, is going to increase its cortisol to increase sugar release from its liver. So we don't want to eat tons of grain in the morning anyways, but then we're getting these whole grains and they're really refined grains. It's not like they're whole grains. It's, they're refined them a lot. They're usually white bread type of stuff or, and it's, it's loaded with sugar many times. So it's, it's going to spike your blood sugar like crazy, going to make you feel bad. It's going to increase your diabetes risk, increase your weight gain risk, increase your cardiovascular risk, even though you see the little heart symbol on there. You're listening to the Integrative Medical Podcast with Dr. Jake, a licensed naturopathic doctor who will show you how to tap into your body's natural ability to heal your health issue and improve your symptoms quickly without harmful drugs or devastating surgeries. So pour some tea, get comfortable where you are, and enjoy this healing episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Teresa. I'm a mom. I'm a health nut. I'm a wife to a cancer fighter. And today I am talking with Dr. Jake about the 10, maybe more, worst healthy foods that you should actually avoid. Dr. Jake? So I'm really excited about this topic because I think it's going to be a, a bombshell to some people because I'm sure a lot of people that are going to be listening to this are going to be like, wow, I do this every day. I thought I was really being really, really healthy. So hopefully it doesn't discourage you too much and just give up on your health journey. But uh, I think it's some important things that we need to talk about. I love it. Excellent. Well, before we dive into that, I do want to remind our audience that this is just a podcast, right, Dr. Jake? Yeah, so this is only a podcast. Obviously, I'm not giving any specific diagnosis or treatment or what's best for you individually. So if you need anything in that regard, please visit our website, integrativemedica.com, find our phone number there, and call my receptionist to set up a visit with me or someone else on my team. And I know that your team is amazing. You have you know, nutritionists on your teams and so forth so that somebody can come to you and not only get you know the lab testing and protocols for them for their health, but they can even get dietary advice based on what's going on in their bodies, which I just love. It's just, you get the whole package when working um, with your team, which makes me all the more excited for today's episode. So you and I chatted uh, a little bit before uh, we started recording today. Some of the things that you talk about, I, I know um, in my own health journey that I've learned, and some of them I was like, what are you saying? I would, you know, I, I'm having to learn as well. So I'm, I'm excited to go through each one. Um, what I'm going to start off with is one that, I am so thankful you're bringing up. I discovered this about maybe a year ago in my journey. And um, I see so many people not doing, uh, you know, eating this food and they shouldn't be. So let's start off at the top. We can get specific, but I'm going to give the shocker right now. Salmon. <laughs> salmon. <laughs> okay. So salmon, an awesome, healthy food. It has, it's really high in omega-3 fatty acids if you get it from the ocean. But guess what? If you don't get it from the ocean, you're not getting those omega-3 fatty acids. And probably majority of salmon that you're getting is going to be salmon that is farm-raised. So you are what you eat. So when they're farm-raised, in majority of the time, 99% of the time, they're fed corn. Very cheap food that they're doing. And also it's a GMO. That's not good for you either, specifically, but 
it changes the fatty acid of the fish. It actually changes it in such a way that it's actually going to have the detrimental effects of beef that we talk about. Oh, beef is so bad for you, blah, blah, blah. And we're eating fish to be really healthy, to help with our heart and our brain and all that. No, if you're eating farm-raised salmon, you're not getting those benefits. You're not getting the benefits of cholesterol health either. Like I was just recently talking to one of my patients about this that was like, whoa, I was taking meat out of my diet and I was pounding the salmon and all the salmon I was eating was farm-raised. I never looked to see if it was wild-caught. And guess what? Her cholesterol didn't change a bit. So she was eating all, taking away meat all out of her diet, eating a lot of fish, and it didn't change. The reason why is because she was still getting high amounts of saturated fats and omega-6 fatty acids, which are very pro-inflammatory, which are then going to increase your cardiovascular risk and increase your cholesterol levels. If you're going to eat salmon, which I do recommend, you eat it when it's wild caught. And my favorite is North Alaskan because our waters are tending to get very polluted and getting high in mercury contents, et cetera. So you're getting it from North Alaska. That's going to have the lowest amount of mercury and that's going to be really healthy for you. It's going to be high in omega-3 fatty acids, which are going to be anti-inflammatory, great for your brain, great for your cardiovascular system. You know, I think you said something really powerful here. You said a lot of things powerful, but one that really struck me is that you said we are what we eat. And, you know, one would think, okay, well, I'm eating salmon, right? And salmon's so good and healthy. But when it comes to our meat products, we have to even go, like, further. We are what the meat product just ate, right? That's yep. – when we eat salmon, we're doing it because we want to have these omega-3s and so forth. Well, how, how does that salmon even have it? Well, the salmon has it because of what it ate. But if, yeah. if, if it's eating something that's because it's farm-raised, that is not a, a good source of, of omega-3s or whatever vitamin we're seeking for – then we're not actually getting it through the animal at all. Mm -hmm. So I, I love thinking about it, that we are what we just ate, ate. <laughs> and really looking at what, what, are they, what, is, what are they eating? And that's going to determine whether or not I should eat that product in the first place. Powerful, powerful. Now for me, I can find, for those of you who are just wondering, like, where can one find it? If you go and buy your meat, like at a place like Walmart, for example, you're not going to find wild caught. I haven't seen any wild caught types of fish at those kinds of stores. Where I do find it, are at like Costco. Costco does offer it. You do have to look oftentimes in the frozen section, not in the fresh fish section. Most of the fresh fish that I see at Costco is if you look at it and they tell you, it'll say farm raised. So I do find it more often in the frozen section. And I also find it at like stores that are a little bit more like whole food type of stores, like Sprouts, Whole Foods, those types of places are, are good ones to find wild caught options. Okay, next fruits and vegetables. Please be specific here. So when I say fruits and vegetables, I think one big thing, I'm not saying fruits and vegetables are bad. Fruit and vegetables are good, especially if you get them organic. One thing that I do see that people are eating a lot of is the powdered fruits and vegetables, and they don't make sure that they're organic. So you're getting really high amounts. You're getting like four to five servings of fruits and vegetables in that powder but then you're pounding the pesticides too. So you're powder, yeah, powderized pesticides and herbicides that you're eating for health. Okay, yeah, you're getting good nutrients from these foods, but then you're getting all these pesticides and herbicides that you're taking in, which are then going to cause trauma to your gut lining, cause inflammation in there, lead to leaky gut syndrome, and then you're not even going to absorb those nutrients very well, and then that could eventually lead to all kinds of future health concerns and et cetera. So... If you do do this, you want to make sure that it is freeze-dried and it is organic. So it's freeze-dried, meaning that it's, they picked it 
and they froze it really quick and it's going to have high amounts of that nutrient value in there. And you want to make sure it's organic so you don't get pounded with all that pesticides and herbicides, which are going to be horrible for your body. And then you're going to have to detox them all out and then you're going to have to heal up your gut, etc. So make sure that you get the product correctly. I don't have a problem with these powderized fruits and vegetables, but you got to make sure that they're absolutely organic. And I prefer if they're freeze dried. Now, it's interesting that you say this because, you know, a lot of people, you know, we, we're, we're talking about eating fruits and vegetables and so forth. And so when you're not eating organic in general, yeah, you're getting the nutrients from the fruits and vegetables, but you're getting these extra pesticides on top of that. But what makes the powders so even worse than eating just regular non-organic vegetables is that, you know, we're taking these powders so that we can really like enhance how much we're taking in, right? It's, it's like the power boost. Like you get, you know, 10 pounds of spinach and, you know, one, uh-huh. one scoop yeah. of this powder, right? And you're thinking, yeah, I'm feeling so good and so healthy because I'm 10 pounds of spinach. But what you're now doing, if it's not organic, is you're getting 10 pounds of spinach worth of pesticides along with <laughs> the 10 pounds of spinach. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're, you're, you're getting more toxins and pesticides in your body than if you were just eating non-organic fruits and vegetables in the first place. So mm-hmm. I think that what you brought up is really powerful. I know that I've uh, messed around with uh, powders as well, and I've definitely noticed it, I'm not feeling well after it, wondering why, and then seeing that it is not organic. So appreciate that. Okay, next. This one breaks my heart. I have dairy issues and I'm a busy, I'm a busy working mom. And so when I see nut milks from the store, I think a little part of my, my soul, please explain to us what's going on here. Why are you putting this on my list? (laughs) So uh, nut milks. So these are that you get from the store. I have no problem getting nuts. They're, they're really healthy, really high, good quality fatty acids, good quality protein. But when you're getting nut uh, milks, they are hardly any nut. If you're drinking like an almond milk, I don't know, maybe a cup has maybe one or two almonds in there, period. And then it has all these fillers put in there and then all these uh, preservatives in there to keep it fresh, etc. So you're getting hardly any nut and then you're just getting all kinds of fake stuff in your body. So it's not really healthy at all. You're not getting the fiber from the nut either. So it's just hard there. And then also most of them are not organic. So then you're getting more pesticides or herbicides, especially almonds. They're really highly sprayed with pesticides. So Mm. eating tons of almonds, which you're not actually getting from the nut milk because it's very little almond, but that's going to be toxic too. So there's so many different things there that can be really bad for you. So what I recommend, and I know it's, I know it's more difficult is that you make your own type of nut milk. Maybe you could do it daily. It does keep, if you put a little bit of like maple syrup, a little bit of tiny bit of sugar in there, it does keep it longer. So it lasts for maybe two or three days. Also, you want to make sure that you strain it appropriately because then you're going to get all that fiber in there. You're not going to like it very much like that. It's just, just an, I personally don't like it very much. So use a cheesecloth or something to help drain all that out in there. And then if you do it that way, it is an extremely healthy drink. The other way, it's not an extremely healthy drink. Now, if you get it organic and it doesn't have all that gunk in it, I mean, it still has some gunk in it, it's going to be much better. And and yeah, if you have, it's much better than drinking milk because you have that sensitivity. So I understand that. And I do it sometimes too. I'm not this perfect human being that doesn't eat things that aren't necessarily the best for me. I choose what's going to be convenient in certain circumstances too, but really what's best and what I really like to do 
is to make your own type of nut milk. So you could take like just a handful, put that in a high powered blender, put some like a cup of water in there, or if you're making a lot, just increase the dose there and you blend it up. And if I'm making it real quick, I don't usually strain it and it does okay. But if you're letting it sit, you got to strain it because it's going to be gross. I, it's just, I don't like it. It's disgusting when it's sitting there for a little bit. But if you do it fresh, it tastes really great and I love it. It's really good. But uh, if not, you want to strain it. You maybe want to put a little bit of sugar in there, like a little bit of maple syrup or sugar to help uh, maintain its, uh, its longevity there. One of my friends, she's a really, you know, just amazing, amazing woman. She does so much um, and uh, she makes her own almond milk. And uh, she, when she actually, after she strains it, she then takes the pulp from the almonds and she dries them out and then she uses it as like an almond milk. So she's able to really, really maximize the, what her, what she's doing with her almonds. She's got milk, she's got powders. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I'm sure there's recipes out there that you guys can follow to learn more about how to do that quickly. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, This one's kind of similar, but maybe you can expand a little bit of why it's, uh, why specifically this type of milk, soy milk. I know I grew up drinking soy milk uh, as well. It was very trendy in the nineties. It was very like crunchy, healthy, you know, the health food stores had it. And I, I loved the taste. I felt healthy when I was drinking it and so forth. You know, I've learned a little bit uh, about some of the effects of soy, but please expand on this here. What, what's the problem with soy milk? Soy milk goes along a lot of the same realms of the nut milks is really, you're not getting a lot of it. It's a lot of filler. It's not really soy. It's just a lot of gunk in there. One big thing I have with soy compared to other nuts, nuts don't tend to be GMO, but soy is highly GMO, especially here in the United States. 95% or more of soy milk or soy in general is going to be GMO. GMO means it's genetically modified. It's a different food now. It's mutated. So our bodies are going to see that as a mutant too. It's going to see it as a foreign substance. So it's not going to like it. So it can make your immune system get really unhappy and irritable and lead to autoimmune diseases, brain disorders, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, all kinds of things can happen because you're seeing this foreign molecule that you're always getting in your body and your body just doesn't really like it, it has to detox it and the immune system goes crazy. There's a lot of debate on soy. Is soy good for you? Is soy bad for you? If you eat soy appropriately, it's good for you if you don't eat way too much soy. Soy isoflavones are phytoestrogens. So if you have way too much estrogen in your body, which a lot of women do, it can help attach to that receptor before the stronger estrogen binds to that. And it could decrease some of the side effects that come along with estrogen, which can be depression, anxiety, cramps, bloating, all kinds of things, the breast cancer risks, all these type of things that happen from having really high estrogen levels. So soy can be good in there, but not from soy milk. You're not going to get the dose you want. I've never even seen an organic soy milk. So most of it is GMO. If you can find organic soy milk, great. But again, it has all that gunk in it. So I would choose another form of milk over soy. In majority of cases, I would eat soy as a organic tofu or a tempeh or something like that would be much, much more healthy. You know, my son, when I was weaning him, I had to go back to work and he, I noticed right away he was having a lot of issues with dairy formula from cow dairy. And so I switched him to soy and that seemed to make a big difference. But then I started hearing about, oh, you know, boys shouldn't drink soy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Men shouldn't drink soy because of the estrogen. Is there any truth in that? I think there's a small piece of that. If, yeah, I mean, 
let's say if they are a really young child and that's it, like they're drinking a lot of that and they're getting a lot of the, those soy isoflavones. I think it definitely is a concern. Do we have specific research on that? I, not that I know of, but it is a concern for me. Uh, it's something I would be cognizant of. I wouldn't want to mess with the boy's testosterone production and increase too much estrogen. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of using soy in high doses in, in young boys for sure. So, you know, that mean, it might be interesting to do another episode uh, that we can really expand on that. I like what types of uh, formulas one can have for their kids if they can't breastfeed. Um, yeah. And, and you know, maybe cow, cow dairy is not an option. Soy shouldn't, you know, be done. What are some other options out there? I think that would be a really fun episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Let us know if that sounds interesting to you. Leave us a comment in the comment section below and let us know that you'd be interested in an episode on that. In the meantime, let's move on. Herbs that come from China. (laughs) So yeah, this might be a debatable topic there too. But here's the thing. If you get your herbs from China, I mean, if you are an herbalist and you are acupuncturist and you're a Chinese herbalist, it's going to be difficult. But you want to make sure you get good sourcing. Herbs from China tend to be really high in mercury content. And we don't want to get tons of mercury in our body. It's a neurotoxin and it's a kidney toxin. It's a liver toxin. It's a toxin to all our organs and make them not work very well. It's a mitochondrial toxin. So we don't want to be taking these herbs that are supposed to be really great for us and make us feel good. And then we're eating all this toxin mercury. So make sure you get a good source. A lot of these Chinese herbs you can get in the United States or elsewhere throughout the world that does have good practices and make sure it's a really good quality product. I'm just not a fan of you getting it from China. And if you do, make sure that it doesn't have mercury in it. I have talked to some acupuncturists and they tell me about sources that they're able to get that are better, but it's, but you got to know what you're doing. So you don't just randomly choose. When someone were to buy herbs, like if I were to get an herbal tincture at the store or something like that, how does one find out where it's sourced from? Is it on the bottle or do they have to- Sometimes it says it on the bottle. If it doesn't say it on the bottle, you have no idea. So you can look up the company- and you can see where they're located and that could be a piece, but then they could potentially be sourcing some of their stuff from China. So it can be a pretty difficult thing. So if you know if it's a Chinese herb, you just got to make sure, let's say you like you see the company and you know, okay, they grow all their own herbs. So I know it's going to be, they're located here. They grow them all. They're, it's grown in California, for example, whatever. That's where they're grown. Okay, we know that they're not coming from there. And you can actually call these companies and ask them their sources and all that too, if you really want to know. But easy way is just knowing where they're located. And if they say we grow all all our own herbs, if they don't, you're not going to know. And I would try to limit those Chinese herbs in the meantime. Makes sense to me. All right. Next one. This makes me sad too. Maple sugar and coconut sugar. Here I am trying to be healthy, not using table sugar and using my coconut sugar. I haven't tried maple sugar, but what's the problem with these? So yeah, maple sugar, coconut sugar. Do I like them more than regular cane sugar or high fructose corn syrup? Definitely I do. But guess what? They are sugar. And if you're eating a lot of these, you're still going to spike your blood sugar and you're still going to cause inflammation and you're still going to cause blood sugar dysregulation. You're still going to potentially cause cortisol issues when you're eating a lot of this sugar. It doesn't tend to be as pro-inflammatory, but it does spike your blood sugar just like anything else. It's going to spike it just like cane sugar. So you've got to eat it in moderation if you are going to eat it. I do eat it sometimes to make things sweeter. 
but it is going to, you're going to know that it is going to spike your blood sugar and it's not going to be a completely different substance in that regard. My patients with autoimmune diseases do tend to be a little bit better with these type of sugars than the cane sugar, high fructose corn syrup. So, but it's still not necessarily a healthy product. I don't want people to think, okay, they're eating coconut sugar or maple sugar and they're being healthy now. No, they're not necessarily being healthy. You're just being a little bit better. It's like getting a orga- eating organic hamburgers all the time. Yeah, it is. It's not necessarily way healthy to do, but it is better than eating the the regular hamburger. It's a similar type of scenario with the cane sugar and I mean with the coconut sugar and maple sugar. So it seems like, you know, like a lot of things, you know, moderation is key. If someone does have a sugar addiction, they're eating sugar all day long. Um, this might be a good like gateway to kind of helping them get, you know, get that under wraps. But, you know, just dumping coconut sugar and maple sugar into all of your food all the time every day is not going to be a healthy choice. Is Are there healthier sweeteners out there that in, in regards to specifically spiking your blood sugar? Are there yes, other alternatives so. that they could use instead as they're trying to get their body off of sugar? Yeah, so some of my favorite, my uh, probably my favorite out of the uh, is allulose. This is not a very popular one that you see all over the place, but in the research, this one doesn't spike your blood sugar, and it actually helps improve insulin sensitivity, which is very very interesting. There, so you're eating a sugar, and it's actually helping your get sugar in your body more efficiently. Which type two diabetes is when you're not, your insulin doesn't work very well. It doesn't attach your cells. Your insulin works fine. The cells attach to the insulin very well and bring the sugar in. But allulose helps improve getting that sugar in, increasing your insulin sensitivity there. Um, I like monk fruit. That's a good natural source. Make, they love to add erythritol to it. I, I mean, erythritol is okay. It's a sugar alcohol. It tends to be made out of corn, tends to be GMO. So not necessarily the healthiest thing there. I would try to get pure monk fruit. But still pretty decent if you do get it with erythritol. And then you have stevia, which is a great option too. So there's just three good options for sugar that aren't going to be as pro-inflammatory and not spike your blood sugar as much as uh, the other sugars. Now you brought up erythritol, which is a sugar alcohol, and you have sugar alcohol on this list. I know it's kind of trendy right now. As you know, people are learning more about the damaging effects of sugar. So all these different sugar alternatives are out there. And I remember just even going through the 80s and 90s, you know, learning about like it was there was sweet and low and then there was equal and then those turned out to be bad. And, and then people were drinking Diet Cokes and then, then we find out the Diet Cokes were bad. And, and so we just continue to go along. It was agave for a while that was trendy. And so for now, a lot of sugar alcohols are, are very popular, erythritol being one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Can you name a couple others? And then... And, and, just briefly, why in general are sugar alcohols a, a problem? Erythritol, xylitol, those are probably some of the most popular sugar alcohols that we have out there. The big problem I have with this is, well, I guess this could be a, maybe a good thing, is if you eat a lot of these sugar alcohols, it's going to give you diarrhea. You're going to feel pretty bad. You're going to get gas, bloating, diarrhea. If you have digestive issues, please don't eat sugar alcohols. It's going to make it worse. Like if you have IBS... Don't do that sugar alcohols. You're going to be in bad news. It also is usually made out of corn and it's GMO. So it's a foreign substance. So again, your body's going to see it as foreign and it's not necessarily going to be good for you. So if you're prone to have immunological issues like autoimmune disease, cancer, or various other chronic illnesses that are related to the immune system, 
probably not a great idea. Also, if you have digestive stuff, besides just not absorbing it very well, if it's a foreign substance, your body's not going to digest, uh, assimilate it very well. It's going to cause inflammation in your gut and lead to worse gut issues. So I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, if you do it periodically, I really don't see it as a concern, but don't think that you're being absolutely way healthy if you're eating a lot of sugar alcohol. That makes sense to me. And I know also with corn, it seems like this more and more people are developing corn allergies. It's in everything. Everything seems to have corn these days, which I think might be even contributing to why some of us are developing these allergies because it's just so much uh, in in so much of of the food that we eat. Very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Next one, whey and soy protein powders. People feeling like they're healthy, they're going to go work out, get a little extra protein, put some whey into their shake. What's the problem? So first off, with whey protein, a lot of people do have dairy issues. So they're starting to eat tons of whey protein and they're eating it like every day. They're working out. They're they're trying to get big and strong and they're doing this uh, whey protein every day. And if you have some type of uh, dairy issue, you're going to start getting really inflamed and not feel very good. And you're actually going to start gaining weight. You're not going to be able to gain your muscle as well. Uh, You might start getting headaches or all kinds of things that might happen because you have a dairy sensitivity. And it's very common to be, uh, do that. But let's say people that don't have that dairy sensitivity, it could potentially be good. I would make sure you try to get it organic because it's not going to be as healthy for you if you're getting all that toxic stuff in there. With that, also, it's just pro-inflammatory by itself. So if you don't have a f- allergy to it at all, whey protein is going to be pro-inflammatory. And we don't want, want more inflammation because that leads to all kinds of chronic issues. So you're taking the whey protein to be healthy, to become more buff and It might be just for looks. Maybe that's it. Maybe if it's just for looks and you don't care about anything else, do your whey protein. But if it's not just for looks and you want to really be healthy, I would probably maybe not eat as much whey protein, decrease your whey protein, maybe get a vegan protein or get your protein from other sources because that's very pro-inflammatory. The one I even like the least is soy protein. That's the worst. Okay. That's again, we were talking about soy before. So it's going to be GMO. So it's going to be a foreign substance there. It's a completely artificial product when they get, make it soy, it's uh, soy lecithin and things like that. So it's just a total foreign substance to your body. It does, it doesn't tend to build muscle as well as whey protein. So whey protein is going to work better in that regard. So yeah, I'm just not a fan of the soy protein. There's nothing healthy about it at all. So don't, don't take it in my opinion. You know, um, I, I was taking it for a long time, uh, because I, I felt better when I had protein. I, I just know for me, if I don't have enough protein in my diet, I just, I have hypoglycemic attacks and, and, and so forth. Yeah. And so I just found that if I maintained uh, protein throughout my day, you know, I, I just felt better and I didn't like to eat breakfast. So I, I, this was about 10 years ago and I was, I was, you know, taught at that time, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You have to have breakfast. And so I was just guzzling down these whey protein shakes, um, in my attempt to put protein in my belly and eat breakfast all at the same time. And, uh, I, I mean, I was probably the sickest I've ever been during that phase of my life. So this really resonates with me. When I started switching to a vegan source, I did find one that was like a pea protein. And a lot of them, they don't taste very good. They taste really, mm-hmm. I don't know, earthy, yeah. if that makes sense. But there was one that I found that tasted good. I don't know if you have a comment on it. If not, we'll let the audience know, hey, Dr. Jake is not endorsing this product. But one that I did find that tasted <laughs> good is a product called Orgain. Orgain had a pea protein shake. Uh, they added other things, other vegetables and so forth in it that were organic tasted good, didn't taste bad like some of the other ones. That was the one I used 
during that time. I don't do them at all anymore. Uh, and I feel fine. I've learned that, believe it or not, just making sure I actually have more fat in my diet seemed to make the, all the difference. And it's replaced my, my, my belief that I needed extra protein. Dr. Jake, do you know anything about Orgain or should we just? Yeah, I like Orgain. I use it myself. Uh, it does have a little bit of sugar alcohol in there, but it's very small amounts and it's an organic sugar alcohol. So it's, it's better in that regard. So I like it. Uh, it's Perfect. a great uh, alternative. Well, then I'm going to put a link to that Orgain in the description box for our audience who are interested in a healthier protein source. Moving along, Jamba Juice smoothies. You're feeling good. You're going shopping, hanging out with your friends, and you stop by the Jamba Juice to get this healthy juice. What is the problem, Dr. Jake? So uh, Jamba Juice is just a sugar bomb. That's, that's pretty much what it is, and many times it's a dairy bomb. They tend to put a lot of dairy in there, too. Jamba or other chains that are just like it. It's just a ton of sugar. It's not like you're getting a lot of fruit and vegetables in there. It's very, very small amount. It's mostly sugar. They put sherbet in there or they put a dairy product in there. It's sugar upon sugar upon sugar. And we've talked about sugar. It's very pro-inflammatory. It bogs down your mitochondrial function. It decreases your brain function. There's all kinds of things from not getting when you get too much sugar in your body. So you're thinking you're being healthy. It's like, oh man, I'm getting a Jamba juice. That's much better than drinking a soda. Really, honestly, maybe a little better than a soda because you're getting a little bit more nutrients in there, but not a lot better. It's still going to lead to all kinds of health issues if you're pounding that Jamba juice. So that's my problem with it because it's just tons of sugar. People think it's deceiving you. There's a lot of deceit in the health industry. There's deceiving you, making you think that it's a healthy product because you love it. It tastes really good and that you think you're being healthy. And it's just a, yeah, they taste good. That's about it. They're not healthy. For you. Yeah. All right. We have two more here and I'm, I, I'm one of them. I'm really, really interested in what you're having to say. Whole grain cereals in the morning, right? Like people think, oh, you're supposed to, you know, whole grains are supposed to be good for you. Eat your whole grain cereal in the morning when you first wake up, get your fiber. What's the problem with this, Dr. Jake? First of all, I don't really love people getting tons of carbs in the morning. That's going to really bog down your body. So you want to make a ton of, you want to increase your cortisol production. If you eat lots of sugar or lots of grains, guess what? That's going to make your cortisol decrease because your body when it has a lower blood sugar is going to increase its cortisol to increase sugar release from its liver. So we don't want to eat tons of grain in the morning anyways, but then we're getting these whole grains and they're really refined grains. It's not like they're whole grains. It's, they refine them a lot. They're usually white bread type of stuff and it's, it's loaded with sugar many times. So it's, it's going to spike your blood sugar like crazy, going to make you feel bad. It's going to increase your diabetes risk, increase your weight gain risk, increase your cardiovascular risk, even though you see the little heart symbol on there for like if they have oats on there. Okay. They have a couple of studies on oats being beneficial. Now you could just pound oats with a ton of sugar in it. And now you're going to have a great cardiovascular system. That's, that's a crazy concept, but that's our food industry trying to deceive you thinking, thinking that you're being healthy, eating really great things, and it tastes really awesome. So it's a win-win, right? No, this, it's not good for you. Plus, uh, the grains that they use, usually uh, wheat and they use uh, oats, is going to be really high in glyphosate. If you're not getting an organic, it's going to have tons of glyphosate in there. Glyphosate is a toxin that damages our brain. It can increase cancer risks. It messes with our cardiovascular system, increases inflammation messes with our kidneys, blah, 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 all kinds of things, the glyphosate. And you're getting it every day, every uh, all the time eating that uh, cereal. And then we're giving that to our kids. It's just not awesome 
awesome foods to be eating? Well, I know with my kids, I was having them eat cereal every morning. Uh, it was easy. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. supposed to be healthy. And uh, what I noticed was that they were not doing as well in school in the morning, specifically, like around nine, 10 o'clock, they'd have these crashes. Uh, when I was, when they were home, I started noticing that as well. We switched to a more uh, protein-based breakfast, you know, healthier proteins and fats, mm -hmm. and it made all the difference. Their energy levels seemed to sustain all the way through lunch. They were thinking more clearly. Um, I know for me, I, I feel so much better as well. So I'm really, uh, that's, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Okay. We have one last one. Uh, and I do think that we see it a lot in, in impacting our kids too. I know when I would go and take my kids to the pediatrician, um, growing up, the doctors were always very quick. Are they drinking their milk? Are they drinking their milk? Are you giving them milk? Are you giving them their yogurt? Right. Seeing these ads in magazines, dot milk, dot milk. What is the problem with cow milk and yogurt, those types of things. Our little kiddos, they are going to be better with milk than adults. Sure. We as adults don't need as much growth or regeneration or whatever, but we don't need three cups a day of milk. That is just a food marketing campaign from the dairy industry. That's, that's all it was. We don't need three cups of milk to be able to have good, strong bones. All we have to do is look at China and Japan and all these other countries that eat very low dairy amounts. And are our bones stronger in the United States than them? Not at all. And if anything, maybe their bones are actually stronger than us. Mm. So obviously drinking a ton of milk isn't really helping us. Here's the thing. We drink tons of milk. It increases our calcium, sure. But then it's really high in protein. Protein then will also break down our bones and it will increase, increase acidity. It works by our acidity increases. Our body will release calcium from our bones to buffer that acidity. So you're getting the calcium to help heal it a little bit and then you're uh, decreasing it with all the high protein. And then it's really high inflammatory food. Like we've talked about with dairy, it's a very inflammatory food. So then it's going to be not good for our cardiovascular system and various other issues there, um, autoimmune diseases, etc. And then a lot of people are really sensitive to milk nowadays because they change the protein structure of milk. Uh, it's homogenized and pasteurized with going through that really high heat process and mutates the protein. And now it looks like a foreign substance to our body and can lead to all kinds of uh, inflammatory immunological issues because of that. So, and then it's really high in saturated fat, which then have research on it being bad for cardiovascular disease and cancer, et cetera. So eating tons of milk is not necessarily a really healthy thing. Like we're being told that we, that is this, you're, you're the healthiest person on the planet. And if you do that and you're going to be an athlete and be really successful in life because you have a milk mustache, that is just so, it's just campaigning. And, every, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have been sold to this idea I was sold to it as a little kid. My parents sold this to me, even though I always was sensitive to milk. I, I was born sensitive to milk. I, I actually got the soy, so it made me a little girly now. I don't know. We'll we're, we're, we're find out. Uh, but I, I grew up on the soy a little bit when, because I was not doing well at all with milk. But then when I became a teenager, yeah, I started pounding the milk because that was the healthy thing to do. It's just... So it's not really the healthiest thing on the planet. Now, our young kids, if you're eating a good quality organic milk, and my favorite would be more like a raw milk because then it's not going to go through that pasteurization, homogenization product. 
get it from a good supplier and that's going to be extremely healthy. I know when I was younger, I was able to drink the raw milk from my grandpa, which was a dairy farmer, and I wasn't able to drink any other type of milk. So it's a completely different substance when they do change it in that way. And then if you're getting like a grass-fed milk, that's going to change the fatty acids in there too. So it's not going to be as pro-inflammatory. So yeah, it's going a lot into dairy there, but in general, dairy, you don't need to pound the dairy to be to be healthy. What are other um, good sources of calcium that someone could to make sure that they're eating or drinking uh, to to make you know especially if they if they're concerned about osteoporosis things like that uh, but they don't want to take the risk with the with the the cow dairy due to the inflammation and, and all of the things that you just talked about. I mean, there's a lot of different foods that get calcium. We were talking about salmon. I mean, uh, that has uh, that has calcium in it. And if you're eating any type of meat that's next to a bone, you're going to get calcium into your meat there. And then there's other, uh, other sources like mushrooms and other things like that that have a little bit of calcium. But here's the thing. We as a culture are eating way too much calcium. If you look at diseases, they're related to calcification of the body and they calcify our cellular mechanisms. We're eating way too much calcium. It's going to decrease our cellular function. Like, okay, we look at uh, coronary uh, artery disease, right? If you, there's a calcium score that we get and that's calcification of our arteries. And that's happening from eating too much calcium, getting the supplemental calcium or maybe drinking too much milk. Also, we have... Uh, a frozen shoulder that's related to calcification we or or this tendinosis which is this inflame, inflammation of our tendon that's over uh, two months lo- or longer forms that's calcification so we really don't need to be getting as much calcium but let's say you really are not getting calcium from any any other sources you could eat maybe uh, take a, a multivitamin supplement that has a little bit of 100 to 200 milligrams of calcium and that's going to be more than sufficient. So I'm, I'm not someone that you need to really focus on that. And if we look at other cultures, their bones are just fine and everything's working well. We don't need a ton of calcium to be, to be healthy. All right. That is powerful. Thank you. So I, I had no idea about that. And it makes a lot of sense with this calcification. All right. So for anybody who's listening now, who might have some of the issues that we have right now uh, that you talked about, um, want to know more of a, of a food plan for themselves, Um, based on their own health issues, how can they get a hold of you? So yeah, if you have any questions, concerns, you want any detailed protocols to really dive into how to be healthier, you have certain medical conditions, visit our website, integrativemedica.com. Find our uh, phone number there. Give our receptionist a call. You also can sign up online. We do virtual visits. We do in-person visits. Uh, You can set up a visit with me. You can set up a visit with my other great doctors. They're they're awesome like I am. Uh, So it would be, yeah. Just uh, visit our website and we'll take care of you. Thank you so much. All right. And for everyone else, we'll see you next week. Hey, Dr. Jake, thank you for your time today. And if you enjoyed the show, then do us a favor and leave a review. It helps more people to find the show, which could save their life. And remember, this is a podcast and should not replace personalized attention from a medical professional like Dr. Jake. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, cancer of any stage, or a life-changing illness, visit our website today and schedule a virtual appointment with one of our doctors who can lead you to a treatment plan in your area. That's integrativemedica.com. 
integrativemedica.com. Thank you for listening to the Integrative Medica podcast with Dr. Jake. To hear past episodes and get alerts for the future, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and be sure to follow us on YouTube as well. Just search for Integrative Medica with Dr. Jake.